Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Let's roll. Hey, everybody. You're listening to the Work For It podcast. I'm Brian House. This show and all other episodes of the Work For It podcast are sponsored in part by Lawrence Lake and MaritimeKnifeSupply.com for all of your crafting, knife supply, making, all the fun stuff that you need. Make sure you head over to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and get yourself making again every single day. All right. And also, we are sponsored by the beautiful people at Patreon. Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash work for it for as little as $10.80 a year. You can support the work that we do. So if you feel like we bring the value, if you learned anything, even if we entertained you, you laugh even one time, you owe us, man. You better get over there and sign up. That's what I'm talking about. Patreon.com forward slash work for it. Hit it, Brian. Let's do it, baby. Yeah. I'm in the studio with Brian Cohn of B. Cohn Knives and Ben Jammin Butler of ButlerBuilt.us. We're makers. We focus on business in the workshop. I'm an online retailer, and I'm going to coin the phrase right now, I am an internet industrialist. I am bringing new manufacturing jobs to the United States. We're bringing new products. We're inspiring a whole new crew of people to get out there and bring the economy back up to where it should be and put people back to work making cool shit and awesome products right here in the United States. And hopefully, (laughs) if you're in another country and you're listening to this, you're like, you know what? I want to do the same thing. And I'm going to start Work For It Europe or Work For It Chile or work for it, <laughs> Antarctica. Wherever you are, you can do it. You can help us make the world a better place by working for it. Gentlemen, Dude. how are Boring you? Shit. Well, how do you not feel like over the moon after you get a big intro like that? Holy <laughs> hell. <laughs> no, yeah. love, love, it. It. love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. You're like the um um it's not your grandfather's machine shop, right? Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. None of that shit, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, not, it's not where you go. Not fucking dead. <laughs> it's exactly. It's not where you go where you get yelled at over tolerances. Right. Right. No. No. Or or yeah. being late or whatever. You can just yeah. you know show up working for the man. You, want. you are the fucking man. Avocado toast <laughs> for lunch served every day. Oh, I thought right it was here. tacos. Well, it could well me could personally, be. yes, tacos. I'm just saying if we were to open up a millennials. Uh, machine shop. We could, oh, you yeah. know, serve avocado toast. <laughs> yeah. We could we'll all wear right. Converse shoes. Eggs we're listening Benedict. to Slipknot. Whatever it like is, Google. You know, these, you, know. you yeah. got your own little bubble to uh, air do some table. grinding in. Yeah, <laughs> love that. That's what you guys think of my generation. Love it. <laughs> I mean, you know, show up for like three, four hours of solid work a day, and then just yeah. go eat avocado <laughs> toast for the rest of your life, or whatever the fuck you, know, you guys do. I don't know. As oh, a yeah. um, as sort of a career work from home guy, I I do have a theory that 
if you go into an office every day, right, uh, and that's your job, a desk jockey, or, you know, you work behind a computer, uh, which a lot of people do these days, and nothing against it, but uh, the amount of time spent water cooler-ing, you know, bullshitting with coworkers and, you know, whatever, getting lunch or all the other horse shit you do when, it, when you're in an office, probably equates to about six hours of work, actual fucking work a day. So, yeah. you know, when I would start to feel guilty about, oh, shit, I flipped the laundry just now, or, oh, I went out to the shop during lunch and took 10 extra minutes, you know, working on something, I would always justify it by saying, well, I'm not bullshitting at the fucking coffee pot. I'm not BSing with my buddies around the water cooler. Every time I sit down to work, I am being productive. Yeah. Not like the smoke when break I'm in is gone, right? Yeah, and I would also say too that because of the tools like computers, the individual worker is more efficient. Now that oh, Lord, you know, yeah. is that to say you know should you be you know producing more or whatever with your time? Yeah, I no longer live in that world, so that's not my thing. Yeah. My my yeah. particular productivity, you know, you can. Uh, measure it by the amount of sales I get or the amount of parts mm -hmm. I push out in one day. It's very tactile, which is what I want. I'd rather work harder doing that than, you know, my yeah. old job, which was at a computer. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm uh, joking around about the millennial generation. A lot of people are like, you know, the, this whole generational problem of people saying like this generation doesn't do that. Just it's such it's these generalized statements that I dislike. And I'm just yeah. like, you know what? There's there's people that are not so productive in every generation. So just calm the hell down and, you know, look at the look at what I believe is going to be one of the most influential generations uh, in the near future. And that's my generation, Generation X. Right. Because we have been handed a, yep. down a world that's drastically changing. We are part of that change of the world. And we're about ready to grab the freaking keys to the Cadillac. And we're going to start. And, and let me just tell you right now, I've got something to say. And and, and this is going to be something that I hope inspires you, the listener, and you two, Brian and Ben. Because I don't know if you've seen what Coy Baker and his team at Baker Forge and Tool have come up with. That's this pre-mixed ferric Yo. chloride. I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know what I I'm going for here. The, I have the been jug talking. of oh sorry, the jug of gator piss, which is yes. what he he labeled it right, and I am kicking myself in the ass that I didn't think of this because <laughs> this is so a simple. million dollar idea. Yep. What he's done is he's solved a problem. We talk about this all the time. You want to make a million bucks? You want to run a business? You want to be an entrepreneur? Solve a problem and do it in a way that makes sense, and you will you will be able to convert gator piss, which I love the name because I live in yeah. Florida. It's just fucking great. Like all of it's yeah. great. Koi comes up with this concept. He pulls a pre-order thing on the website. He's got a great branding campaign. He's got an Instagram account, gator dot piss. I mean, nice. <laughs> nice. How the hell and is that guy, available? I know. And then he, he create, he's creating a brand around this. Yeah. And he's gonna sell thousands of tens of thousands of gallons of this stuff because nobody wants to mix their own stuff. They want yep. that what he's using because you know whatever he's well, come up not? with is the best. You gotta buy two jugs of something, and maybe you don't need all of one of them, so you end up having to buy more, you know. Yeah. And then you got 
Yeah, it's just a fucking mess when you got to do the mixture stuff, you know? And now, also- I just want to let you guys know that I'm starting my own etchant uh, oh, company Brian's right here. Piss? It's called, no, it's called Brent's <laughs> Piss. Brent's Brent piss. Yes. Brent dot piss or bald man dot piss. Bald this is piss. the new bald man piss. Bald, bald piss. piss. But see, here's the thing: what people don't realize is that they're actually buying Brent's piss. I'm having him pee. It doesn't I'm just, do shit. I'm, hey, don't don't you disparage my new product right now because this thing is gonna be freaking huge. It's gonna be bigger than Gator piss. I'm telling you right now, dude. I am absolutely it doesn't smell over. as good. I'm absolutely I cannot wait to get my hands on that gator piss stuff, because I mean, first of all, it, it's such a, an obvious like it's such an obvious next step for Baker Forge and Tool because they are the Damascus people. Of course, they're going to be the guys who make the best etchant for Damascus. Brilliant. Like it's it's, it's just brilliant. so brilliant. And yeah. it's it's brilliant because it's repeatable. They can make yeah. it in massive yes. quantities and yes. ship it out easily. I mean, there's think about this from your standpoint. What problem in your community needs to be solved and solve it? And uh, by the way, we are not supported by them at all. Uh, Koi is a patron. He is not paying me to say any of this. And I've never used the product. So, I mean, I'm not fully endorsing it because I've never used it. But I know Koi. I trust Koi. I see what he's doing. I believe in what he's doing. So. I would just say that I'm super proud to know him as a person and a friend. And, and I just think it's such a great thing that he's doing this and that he picked the classy name Gator Piss because, you know me, I'm <laughs> like a freaking 45 year old junior higher. Right. I mean, I just think it's just, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. man. it's just well, so good. It's so like, Koi, like not only just from the, co- the comedic standpoint. Right. But from a marketing standpoint, it's fucking recognizable. It's rememberable, mm. right? Like we're we talked about, about that way the hell back when we had Pickle on when he chose green for his logo, you know? It, it, when you're doing that branding, having something that stands out that people will actually remember is important. And they're mm. nailing it, man. Yeah, man, another another guy who's going down that same route of finding an issue in your field and then making a solution for it. Neil Warren has come up with the max yeah. grip situation. I don't know if you guys saw it. I was, I have. I was, I was, sh- I was showing it off on a live stream and basically he sent me one and I literally the first time I used it, I, I put it in my anvil. I pulled out a hot piece of steel and I stamped it first time. Perfect stamp. Second time. Perfect nice. stamp. I've done about 20 stamps from it so far and every single one is absolutely pristine. Perfect. Not a I single mean, it's dick just, tong involved, right? Well, that's that's the thing is like, you know, when you're doing those hot stamps, you have to c- get kind of creative because you're, you're trying to juggle three different things at the same time. And then also in that same between you pull it out of the, the um, fire, you put it on your anvil, which inherently sucks the heat out of the steel. Mm-hmm. And so you only have like a few seconds to get, line up your stamp absolutely perfectly and then smack it square. And like I've been doing that for about a little over a year. I've been hot stamping every single knife. And like I still get, you know, heavy on one side or one side yeah. is, you know, the the B is really deep and the N is really light, you know. It's you you have yeah. issues like that where in this in this max grip setup, I mean every single time it holds your stamp perfectly perpendicular to your steel. Yeah. Good good results every time. I feel like and that's a th- the thing is like with same as the Gator Piss where nobody else is is selling the the pre mixed setup nobody else is selling one of these little jig things and I feel like that's another yep. situation where like I'm surprised that he, he he isn't getting much traction on it so far you know 
Well, that's funny you brought that up. It does take a little while, uh, but I talked with him at length about this last night, and we're just in the early talks about maybe. I don't know. I'm only one of a couple of people he's talking with about the project. Uh, So, you know, there's a possibility we may carry it on our website and then also assist in the marketing portion of it. So here. So think about like this. Very soon I will be releasing the Apollo Forge. Right. And what better way to hot stamp your work that comes out of the forge than with this max yeah. uh what's it called max force max what the, was it? the max the grip the max, max grip. grip i had a girlfriend her nickname was the max <laughs> grip that's funny you say that she was lovely uh, i don't know how she got that nickname her luscious lips yeah well you know i mean that's what they called her in the locker room anyway but yeah. i will say that the that uh, neil recognizes the fact that he is uh he, you know he's in a position where he doesn't have a ton of time to market it and he doesn't have the reach so he wanted to find out from me like what it would look like and of course from, you know i'm like a numbers guy so i'm like i need to know you know, every time we sell one, what's the, the you know, what's the margin on it and stuff. But if you notice, we, we're doing this with a few makers now and it's successful. You know, uh, we're doing that with the surface grinding attachment with Ron and we're doing it with the true tilt table with Brent. And, you know, so, you know, to add stuff like this to our repertoire makes sense. It's just I need to make the connection financially and all of that. Man. Make sure we can actually handle it. I've been talking to Neil at length about it, and he has those numbers down pat. Like he knows his numbers. Yes, he he knows his numbers to the nth degree. And I feel like, I mean, it feels like that's it's going to be a situation where nobody else has one of these already, you know, on the market. And it's it's really, I mean, I guess the big thing for me is like you either you hot stamp or you electro etch. The yeah. reason you electro etch is because it's really repeatable. You get the same result every single time. You can get it perfectly square. You're never going to have like a deep spot and a shallow spot on your stamp. Where mm. on the other hand, you know, you have the hot stamp, which to me feels like more of a, I don't know. I, I just like I'm it, the the width, the, the um, look of it better. But like to be able to take away the negatives of, you know, stamping it off or maybe you might miss hit and all of a sudden you got a bad stamp on a knife. I mean, this takes all that away. So it just takes away the biggest con of of putting in a hot stamp. I mean, yeah. I, f- I feel like it's a winner. I really do. Well, and I'm again, you know, Neil hasn't paid me. I mean, I guess he sent me one to try out and get my feedback on. But yeah, I mean, I well, it's just it's just one of those situations where I feel like he's got a winning winning um, hand. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I so just to put it in perspective, like I bought an Arbor Press and then I modified it to yes, do what? I remember that. Okay, remember this? And it never really worked. It you know I was really trying my best to get that mark lined up, and it was I I I let it go. I just I I spent a lot of time on it, and the and the Arbor yeah. Press itself was a hundred dollars. So right there, I'm you know I'm yep. already in it for a hundred bucks. And it didn't even work. So, you know, well, you're take limited. all that stuff out of it. Yeah, you're limited with an Arbor Press, too, because of the throat depth, right? And I run into that kind of thing a lot with, like, setting rivets in leather. I've got a hand press, but behind the pinch point, I've only got about four to six inches. So 
if I need to stamp a rivet in the middle of, say, an apron, I've got to bunch the whole apron up to get it under there, you know. So with something like what Neil's developed, you, you know, I, I couldn't really use it on leather because I'm, you know, I couldn't hit on top of the leather. It would mark the leather and everything else. But um, not being limited by that throat depth could be nice if you have a bigger knife, you know, a, a cleaver or something. Or I don't know. Yep. There could be situations where, you know, that kind of thing. And I could see other uses for it beyond just hot stamping. You know, I, I think people will come up with some clever solutions to use it to tap something in creatively, you know. I, sure. I agree. I agree. All right. Listen, gentlemen, switching gears, I would like to very briefly hear the elevator pitch as to where you are in your holiday orders and what you have. I know, Brian, you have some things you had told me on the phone the other day when we were talking that or we were doing a live stream. I can't remember. But you said that, um, you know, you've got some knives available. Uh, briefly tell me about that and what you got going on in your workshop. Yeah, I've got a boatload of knives. I actually just got a bunch from my leather guy. He's just finished making sheaths for quite a few that will be up on the website. And before, you know, I, was, I know Jeff Fader was talking about how when you're at shows, you only put up a couple knives at a time. And then as those sell, you put out more. I was following that on the website. I think I'm going to abandon that and just put up everything that I have to catch because everything's drastically different. You know, it's going to be a lot to look at, but, you know, it, it's just going to be what it is. And if stuff sells, then fantastic. Other than that, I am finishing up my last batch. I actually, I finished up half of it yesterday, and then tomorrow I'll be finishing up the rest of those knives, getting what needs to get to the leather guy, to the leather guy, and then on Friday I'll be actually going to Matt's, and hopefully if I don't put my van in the fucking ditch again, I'll be actually going this time. (laughs) So I'll be hanging out with Matt Gentry on Friday doing some heat treating, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Well, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. Ben, what what do you got going on? Oh, man, I got aprons. Uh, four, three, four aprons kind of bouncing I'm, back and forth. I'm curious. Between. I don't mean to interrupt, but did no. so are these aprons that people have purchased for other people like for Christmas or is these like orders that you've had for a bit? Uh, some are some are two are Christmas orders and one uh, the other two are just sort of standard orders. Um, well, actually one is a standard order and another one is a custom, uh, for Chris Powell. And actually, interestingly enough, out of all of them, they all end up having custom parts to them. So I'm, I'm sort of, I'm getting more requests for custom, uh, things like their logo, uh, laser etched or engraved in the leather, uh, on the apron somewhere. Uh, I think I mentioned before I got a request for sort of my standard dark night apron but in black so that's coming um you know and just different things like split leg and um I'm trying to think what else split leg uh the, the dark night i got the tyrell dennis tyrell edition so quite a bit going on it, it, they're, it, they're so simple on the surface right it's just cut out the shape of leather make the straps sew the front chest pocket on but there are so many steps. Um, and I'll be honest that the orders have not come in sort of steadily enough to really nail down process. So what tends to happen is I'll get a little batch of orders um, and I'll sort of ramp into leather 
and then I'll go a little drought of, you know, I don't know how long, week, couple weeks or so, and not get anything. So the leather stuff sort of slowly gets pushed to the, you know, to the side. And then I'll come back and be like, shit, I got to pull this stuff back out. So there's been some back and forth with that. But, um, you know, it's all good. Like like you said a couple weeks ago, Brian, it's, uh, it's work. And I'm blessed to have work, which is awesome. Yeah. Blessed um, with things to do. Yes. Ben. And to convert. Ben, yeah. I have a question for you. Is there yeah. any update update on that giant like situation that you're doing down in yeah. Texas? <laughs> Nothing, man. I got I'm getting Ugh. ghosted so far. So, uh, which I I sort of you know in my heart of hearts, kind of I wouldn't say expected, but thought could be a very strong possibility. Um, oftentimes, uh, at least in my experience, some of these bigger commercial jobs, um, they they may have had someone and they want to do a check bid. Um, where they just reach out to someone just to see what my price would be compared to sort of their leather dude or whatever. Um, and so maybe I was that, I'm not sure. Uh, I've, I'm going to make one, one last attempt to reach out probably today. And to be honest, what, what I'm planning on doing is reaching out mostly just wanting feedback. Uh, if they're willing to say, Hey, sorry, you were too high. Hey, you know, this prevented us from going with you or whatever. Uh, I, I would be really interested in just even a little bit of feedback where, well, you know, where I sort of shook out in the process. Uh, See, I'm really surprised that if they turn people down that they don't like let you know. Yeah, it, it does seem weird because, you know, um, the gal uh, that I spoke with and I had, we had several conversations back and forth via email, you know. Um, normally I would expect less communication from someone that was eventually going to ghost me, <laughs> you know, that they would be more just straight into the point, but, uh, she was back and forth volleying conversation quite a bit. And so I was kind of like, huh, he just completely disappeared. This is weird. So I don't know, you know, it, the, the job wasn't really set until like May of 23. So maybe it's just so far out that it fell off her radar. We'll, I don't know. We'll see. But mm -hmm. Thus far, you know, it's on the on the complete back burner and uh, got leather work going now and making some uh, Christmas gift stuff, you know, tis the season to make cutting boards and Pinteresty things. So once I get these aprons out the door, I'll be uh, transitioning into uh, the Pinterest shop again. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, Lovely. that's. That all sounds lovely. I'm in the middle of just uh, trying to ship a million orders, so we're we're underwater as usual around this time of year, uh, but we're staying positive and trying to get as many orders as humanly possible out the door. Uh, Gen 5 is rolled out now, but we're not shipping until December, so if you ordered a Gen 5, it'll get shipped uh, in a, you know, we're starting our rollout in, like I said, uh, December, which is in, like, I don't know, what, tomorrow or something? Today? Um I was gonna say today is the as the as the episode comes out. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> today, today. Holy today. shit. <laughs> so yeah, no, we're we're gonna meet that. I think we're gonna start actually definitely gonna probably ship at least a few tomorrow. Our first rollout. We're just you know, man, dude, we got spreadsheets. And we got yeah, pictures and we got hardware and we're looking at them and we're going, okay, how many pieces of this in each kit? Because when yeah, you, we were in over. gen four for two years and, you know, we got used, you know, it was almost like you, we didn't even have to think about how many washers and how many bolts of each size and everything. We knew exactly what to throw in the bin. And now a lot of that has changed. 
And um, so anyway, we're, we're in the middle of doing all of that. And uh, Brent is back from his vacation and his work. So we are very happy to have him back and, uh, you know, slamming out kits and, you know, building stuff again and helping. And the studio or the workshop today or yesterday transformed back into my studio. So for for a while, we were in full production mode and prototyping mode, which meant that the shop was like cluttered. And, you know, I had tables of shit laid out everywhere, just trying to figure things out and build things and keep modifying or whatever. Well, because of the, you know, the rollout of Gen 5, we sold out so fast. I planned on doing all of the photographs of Gen 5 and all the documentation of Gen 5 and everything sort of around Christmas time because that's when I figured we would start selling out of Gen 4s. We sold out of Gen 4s before Thanksgiving, which, <laughs> it's insane, like, dude. Insane. it was awesome. Insane. Yeah, it was nuts. And so, you do a full... Oh, go ahead. Finish up. The yeah. Miles. Yeah. I do a full video build along like a walkthrough, yeah. which I had to at this point, like all these people are buying the Gen 5 and they're going, the plans are still Gen 4. Like, what is up? So I'm responding to them and saying like, hey, you know, this is the situation I'm in. I didn't have enough time to finish the documentation. However, by the time you get your actual kit in hand, you'll have an updated set of plans and hopefully a build along video. So today, this morning at 5 a.m., I was in the studio workshop and started filming the build along video, the build through walkthrough video of Gen 5. So when people get their kits, they can watch me build it and they can build along yeah. with me and all of that. Are you able to use any parts of the old video at all? Or I am not. I mean, I could okay. technically, yeah. but it, uh, it's, you know, there are pieces that would work. It just makes most sense to do it linearly. I you know, find that kind of shit takes longer to figure out what the hell it to does. reuse, you know, just fucking right. shoot it again. <laughs> And a lot of the photos, so, though, from the plan set, those do translate. So I'd be able to go back in time a little nice. bit and use those. So, Brian, you obviously are really well versed in how to build your your revolution. How long do you do you find people take from opening up the box, taking a knife to open up the USPS box to yeah. a finished grinder? How long is that normally if if they were to just drop everything and do nothing but build it? So. The Gen 4, you know, you had to machine your own tube steel parts and stuff and drilling and tapping. So it took a while. You know, that would take, we would say to most people, they would take a weekend, you know, like take a weekend, machine the parts, you know, get them straightened out or whatever. And and a lot of people reported that they could get it done, you know, if they didn't have any fabrication experience, two to three days. And they would, they would have a finished grinder. So with Gen 5, though, there isn't any of that. You get it all pre-machined. Everything is made for you. It's a bolt-up and weld-together kit. And that would put you somewhere between four and six hours now. So it's Yo! Yeah. That's and incredible, dude. I will say that I don't fully know, but I built one in three hours. <laughs> so Yeah, but that's... I built, <laughs> right. I mean, that's just yeah. like when I got the parts, I sat down and I just heads down built it. It took me three yeah. hours. And it was like, well... You know, I have done a bunch of them, you know, the previous editions first, so I knew exactly how to do it. I say four to six because a lot of people have never built the machine or they haven't built it yet and they don't know and they're still figuring out their tools or whatever. I will still say you're going to have four to six hours of fabrication, but to have a running grinder, 
you're probably looking at one day, one full day, you know, once you wire it up and, you know, tune in and, you know, all that stuff. I would say, you know, still set aside a full day for all those little things that you want to do. But, yeah, the, the whole point of Gen 5 was to roll out a kit that you could crack it open, you know, clean up the parts and have it finished, you know, that day or that afternoon and be up and grinding. And the and the other part of it was, you know, we added additional functionality, you know, the the secondary tracking access mechanism that I've been working on for freaking three and a half years. Mm. Um, you know, all those little additions, like the aesthetic changes of the hinges and the motor plate to kind of set it aside from the company that stole my design out west and um, you know, who is replicating my grinder and, you know, I wanted to set myself apart from them. So people weren't confused <laughs> because I get a lot of people messaging me going, this is the worst grinder I've ever owned. And then I'm like, send me a photo. And I'm like, yeah, you didn't buy that from me. And they're like, what? Oh, Jesus. I yeah. love, I love the evolution, how it was the, the grinder company that will not be named. And now it's the grinder company out West, out West. Okay. So now we're narrowing it in <laughs> one of these days. Brian's just going to lose his shit. <laughs> Everybody knows who it is. I'm just not saying their name because yeah. I treat them like Voldemort. I am like, I <laughs> I just think it, they're the dirtiest, nastiest company in the world. And I just don't like anybody over there. And I think it's 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 silly that they even still exist. I don't even know why people buy. For, I have no idea because I've heard so many stories of negative interactions with that company. It's It's just, it blows my mind that more people don't talk about it publicly, but you know, hey, whatever. It's Changing. not my job to educate. You know, I just have to, you know, sit here and with my halo right. over my head and <laughs> and uh, my my wings and just be perfect. You know, you know. Changing gears, but not really, dude. What what's what's new with the Apollo? What's new with the Apollo? Uh, the Apollo, uh, the drawings are all finished. So the uh, I've got all those done. I am still waiting back from my steel people. So I slammed them with a huge order last week. And the lady's like, you got to pick here. You know, like we, we've got all this stuff to build for this thing that you're building over here. And now this thing you're building over here. She's like, you know, what do you want me to prioritize? And I had her prioritize Gen 5. You know, I was like, well, yeah. you know, we're running out of parts. We sold so many. We, we, you know, we need another round of those. So they're sitting on that for a bit. Plus, they were out for the hurricane and they were out for Thanksgiving, like almost an entire week. And I'm just like, I need a number here. Ouch. Like, give me some dollars. And at least I could price it out, you know, and I still can't do right. it. But, um, but the, the design is done. And it's okay. and all the fusion drawings are done. And all of the fusion drawings have been converted to PDF documents so that when I do, I could technically almost release the plans. I'm very close. So nice. it's like, I'm is very it close. Pre-sale? Do I remember it that right? It is not. No, no, okay. no pre-sale. And, and the reason is, is because it, a pre-sale is really difficult to go back and distribute digital media for yeah so like if i sell right. a thousand plan sets of the apollo i'll have to run a report in a spreadsheet and then i'll have to create a mail email list and uh you know i don't want any of that i just i just want to go hey buy it and it dumps yeah. into your inbox and you can download it yeah and then the physical actual forge is or yeah it's not on pre-sale either right mm -mm. okay you can buy the uh the ribbon burner 
now. Okay, that's it. Yeah. And we sold a bunch of those, and so it was. You know, I've been building ribbon burners for a while, and realized you know they're really labor intensive for us to build. So we're in a position where I've tried to slow it down a little, so I raised the price a bit because I just I couldn't keep up with the demand. And that kind of slowed things down a bit because I matched the price of another person who sells ribbon burners. I just went, yeah. well, what do they sell them for? And right. Went, yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do that and, you know, just be done with it. So it slowed things down. And I know it sounds like I'm complaining a little bit, but I don't want expectations to not be met. I don't want people to go, hey, you, you know, you, you sold this thing to me and it took a month to get to me. Like, what the hell? Because we did that during those ribbon burners, but it was called a pre-sale like if you went in and bought one we told you like it's gonna take four to six weeks to ship i don't know how much i like that concept i feel like i should have the materials the goods all that stuff here when you order it and i know there's a right there's a lot can happen you know a lot, yeah about that well yeah i got shingles and i was out for a month you know and yeah then people yeah. are waiting you know and i don't like that i'd rather if you spent money with me that you get almost an instant turnaround now this time of year it's just nearly impossible because of all the sales and the holidays and everything else it's just like people are just gonna have to wait a little longer and most people are okay with it because they're used to it you know like shit man if i order something right now on amazon they're telling me on my prime account that it's going to take a solid week to get to me. Have you guys been having any issues with USPS? Because I am about to pull out my non-existent hair. Mm, like, no. yeah, Ugh. this time of year, you're going to have problems with the post. You're going to have problems with every carrier system, UPS yeah. and, and FedEx and all that. Yeah, you're, you're just going to see more missing packages. So make sure if you send anything right now in the postal service, UPS, FedEx, wherever DHL, insure it for its mm-hmm. full value. If it's going to get lost, it's going to get lost in the next two months. Yeah. And I have a couple knives that I'm going to have to ship yeah. and I the am so method. freaking worried about it. Oh yeah. Get <laughs> that little pod thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, we even got a thing in the mail from the post office you know, it's saying like kind of a warning, like, look, shit, it gets crazy busy this time of year. You know, just want to make sure you're prepared. Mail may be delayed. Uh, you know, we may run into issues with uh, lost or unclaimed packages. So just please be aware. Uh, I don't remember what all it said, but it was kind of like, hey, yeah, we're going to get fucking slammed here. So get ready. <laughs> I'm like, oh, OK. Yeah, not a lot of confidence in that system. But I will say if you insure it they're really good about giving you the value so like on a custom knife to insure it for like a thousand bucks might cost you five or ten bucks it might be totally worth it you know right for sure for sure pay out i've had i've had quite a bit of carbon go missing where i'm i'm like starting to send out second you know second packages of carbon and like you know it's it luckily it's never been anyone who i don't know personally or aren't follow like you know, I'm following them on Instagram. We have a conversation about it. And worse comes to worse, if the second one shows up later, then either they'll pay for it or send it back. You know, it's it's not a big issue where it's like, oh, well, this this person is just because I don't want to see anybody out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, no, that's good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. You, it's you just take care of the customer. We do that. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll tell people like, hey. We're going to let this soak for a week or two. If it doesn't show up, we'll send you a whole nother round. And most of the people are really honest. Like if that shipment, 
and they get a second one, you know. We had one guy, no kidding. He we lost the package was lost. Uh, we filed a claim. We got our money back from the postal service. Four months later, the guy messages us and goes, "Hey, that kit showed up. It just mm. showed up." And I was like, "Well, do you know anybody you want to give it to? Like, I don't know what to tell you because <laughs> it's already been paid for right? twice. Like, yeah. I don't, you know." And he was I've like, "No, no, lost. just tell me where to send it. I'll send it to the next customer." And I just gave, sent him on the label, and he took it to the post office, and he mailed it out nice. to somebody else. It's it was worst, really cool, though. man. You know, like when shit. It's the it is the absolute fucking worst when shit gets lost because it costs you. You know, costs you more than double. It ends yeah, up costing time. you triple, you know, time and yeah. shipping costs and sh- packaging and fucking making the thing again and all that is just, it sucks. Sucks. Yeah. It does. It does. Hey, so real quick, I want to switch gears again, keep the show moving, of course. I want to highlight a couple of things that I saw for sale. These were not things that we were paid to talk about at all. Uh, but there are people who are in our sphere who listen to the podcast. Some of them are patrons, and they definitely, definitely, definitely tag WFI projects so that we would see it. And I want to highlight Travis Haynes over at Bird Forge. He started selling this stuff called Pelican Paste. It's it's another like type you know wax product that he developed, kind of like a knife wax or whatever axe wax type product. But he did an awesome job putting it together, all of the marketing, all of the uh, the graphic design, the tin that it goes in is really cool. So go over and support Travis. Get yourself. I'm going to go buy some. I'm, I'm going to head over there and grab some for myself. And um, and, you know, I'm going to use it in my beard and, and on my eyebrows <laughs> and the space between ooh, my, ooh. my 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 eyebrows. Prince bald there. head. Yes, and we're going to wax Brent's head with it, and it's going to be awesome. So, uh, Travis over at Bird cool. Bird Forge. I think I'm saying that correctly, right? Bird, I can't get my I, Instagram to load. I Hold believe on. so, yes. Yeah. You know, you guys know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Have you yeah. seen the Pelican paste? Yeah. I haven't yet. Good stuff. But my Instagram, last night my Instagram, when I scrolled through my home feed, literally was only showing me hashtags. Like, Maybe yes. every 20 posts, I would actually see a fucking maker that I followed. The rest were all just hashtags. And I'm like, what the fuck is going I, on? Instead? I had that same problem. And in fact, right now, it's funny because I can open WFI projects, but I can't click on anything. So I have to of like course. pull it up on my phone. So yes, it's Bird Forge, all one word. It is Travis directly. And he has a shop that's connected to his Instagram account. So you can click on it. And he'll he, right now, get this. It's a hardening wax, a three pack, a three pack of this stuff is $16. What? No. Get the hell Travis out of boy, here, right? Raise your what? prices, brother. Let me look at this. I'm just, I'm double checking. So, yep. The Pelican Paste Hardening Wax three pack is, he's got it on sale, $15.98. Now, there might be some shipping, but. So, this is specific he designed it, I guess, specific to wood handles or any wood in general, or is it metal? Well, from what I just... understand, it's the wax that he carves out from inside of his ear canal, and he okay. puts it into a container. <laughs> a, a vat of Fermunda cheese, and then That's it. blends it. I have no idea how he came up with this <laughs> recipe, by the way. I don't know. All I'm saying is he's a good guy. I have met him yeah. personally and talked with him. I'm going to order this. 
right now while we're on the podcast. Bing! Travis, You're ready, Travis. Incoming, Your phone's incoming about to order coming at you, buddy. Let's see. Another guy that's doing something really cool right it's now is Pickle. Pickle Cutters is doing another raffle. Have you guys seen that copper knife he just finished up? I have not. Dude, look, go to, well, I guess finish finish your order with Bird Forge, of course. But then after that, go to Pickle Cutters and check out the, he he's doing a, a knife where it's copper, um, copper oh, Damascus yeah. that he made himself. And then copper carbon fiber from your one and only favorite nice. podcaster. Get the Eat. hell out of here. That's cool. <laughs> Wait a minute. Brian House is making carbon? Hey now, hey now, hey now. But you know, you know it's I, it's really I've been cool. Thinking about this for a while, Brian. I've been thinking like, you know, it'd be pretty cool to put one of these these carbon fiber handles on a revolution. And then I start oh. digging around my shop. I'm like, you know, I thought I had a box of that somewhere. I thought Brian sent me some, and then I realized he didn't. He doesn't even. He didn't even send me any. Yo, How am I dude. supposed to put this shit on? Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Trying okay, to promote I'll... you. Come on now, I'll what send it out. What the hell's going on? Don't you worry about I'm, it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'll send some down to you, and now whatever you don't use, give over to uh, Brent for sure. You already sent some to Brent. I know I did. I know I did. But this still, you know. Well, well you so got, and you got a bitch at Brent. What am I, I'm sure that liver? some bitch was supposed to give you some of it. Well, <laughs> I don't think so. He, he yeah, didn't basically, say that. basically, what I was trying to switch over to <laughs> is it's it's really cool. I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying I to cut hear you the, I can hear the disappointment in your voice right now. It's really funny. It's all. It's second to like me making an inappropriate joke at an inappropriate it really time. Is. Really hey man. Is. All right. So I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. I'm ruining a little bit of surprise, but just just you wait. Sharp Santa's coming. Christmas time. Ooh. Christmas time's right around the corner. Now I've, I get it. Now I get it. I've, right. I've been holding back a little bit, but I don't you worry. You up a little. All right. But anyway, so it's really cool to see people who have ordered my carbon fiber. They're starting to use it. And it's so cool to see what this stuff is turning into, all these handles. I mean, it's it's just absolutely beautiful, especially the people that are using the uh, Black Pearl stuff and showing it off. Holy cow. But speaking of handles made out of um, my carbon fiber, I've got one from the one and o- only Jeremy Baldaball, 419 Forging. I, he actually, he sent one, he sent, well, I, I purchased the knife, but he finished up making a little EDC knife. And I think this is the outside of my own and one other person. This was the third knife finished out of the carbon fiber material. So it's really cool to have it. It's, it's just a cute little EDC knife. It's, it's really compact, just kind of my, my style, but yeah, it's really well done. I, I mean, first of all, Jeremy is one hell of a knife maker. He's doing some great work, but. Yeah, I'm just really proud of this thing. It's the first knife that I've actually ordered from somebody, like a fellow maker that I know. So feels yeah, good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Brent and I were talking about that. It's like we're marketing to knife makers. Like we're marketing knives and knife makers and stuff. So you got to like try to break into different markets. But it's cool that you guys are doing a reciprocal thing. I really dig it. Yeah, um, for sure. The other thing I wanted to bring up in uh, WFI Projects is W. Scott. Oh, gosh. Let me have to look it up on my phone. But um. He's the guy that made that really cool, like, uh, yeah. it's like Did a ball. Did he just ball. drop a knife? No, no, he um, he made that really cool vice yeah, thing ball, that had the... Uh, swivel, b- yeah, swivel mount. Swivel base, yeah, yeah. TS yeah. Steelworks? Is that it? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, and it, but, his, yeah. but his handle is W. Scott on... Um, 
Goodness, yeah. my typing w is really bad. W Scott 1987. That's w it. W S C O T T 1987. That is gotcha. it. And he's, he's got a whole nother batch. Yeah, Trey. Uh, it looks like he's got six of the, them in the works. And uh, Brent and I just sat down and had a little meeting about it because we're going to design a mount that fits on the fireball table for that. Oh, sweet. And we're going to mount that as a like a articulating head vice that goes on the fireball table. Sweet. And we're going to use his, you know, vice and put it on there. So I'll make a he's little content a, around that. Yeah. He's got a knife vice. I don't know if you saw that, but he's got uh, this was on. Well, this is way back in October 27th when he had half a dozen or, or so of them available. Uh, I don't know if he's still making them, but he had some available back then. Uh, the guy just makes some great stuff, and he did just drop a knife. Um, it is a folder, and I can't remember what he called it. Uh, slip joint folder. Really kind of yeah. a cool-looking knife. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a very talented machinist and a hell of a nice guy. So, yeah, seems um, like it. Go support him, uh, TS Steelworks, and that's his website as well, tssteelworks.com. So, Trey, um, do you guys want to highlight any WFI projects? Yeah, of course. I've got um, Germs Metalwork, I think it is, G-E-R-M-S Metalworks. Yeah, as Metalworks is normally. Yeah, that's Germs Metalworks. He's He's got this set that looks like it's like this really it almost looks like a man how did how, how do you describe this chef knife where it's it's not only a k-tip chef knife on the bottom but it, the steel of it also goes up it almost looks like a shovel but that's really rude to say that this really beautiful design is looks like a shovel it just i don't know how to ex explain it it's just a really really cool design and uh it's got mosaic damascus inside of it and it's next to a petty knife and a paring knife and it's really high-level work. So go check out Jern's Metalworks. His stuff is great. Yeah, for sure. Super creative, dude. Are you looking at this set? Because how would you describe that chef knife? Yeah, I am. Uh, it is like... Uh, I don't <laughs> have an answer. It's... It is. It's a. It's a. I don't know if you remember me playing around with the handle being lower than the spine. Yeah. On a... a uh, these are, I believe, hidden tang knives. So mine was a full tang knife, and a bunch of people were like, "What'd you get a D lamb?" And you had to like, you know, grind it away, and you ended up with that piece of shit, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, "No, I'm I'm playing around with organic shapes. You know, I really want to try to do something in a different way. There's only so many ways you can make a knife, and I really wanted to try to, you know, separate myself and by trying a different design. My design falls short." I mean, it's just not quite there yet. But this is good because he did a hidden tang and an integrated bolster. So, you know, he flowed it all together. You're right. It kind of looks like a shovel a little bit, but it's a chef knife. And it's like nothing I've ever seen before. It's just Absolutely nothing. Right. the pattern is ridiculous in this thing. Yeah. And he's one hell of a guy, too. Like, he'll tell you his process in great detail. He'll even draw it out for you. Uh, it's it's really neat uh, to know him as a person. He's just like a cool guy. But the, yeah, this is from another planet. And the and the um, 
the pommel, or I don't know what you would call that, I guess an exposed part of the tang that comes out of the backside of it. Did you see that? Yeah, that's the, Damascus too? Yeah, the little butt plug down there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Damascus yeah. butt plugs. You started off by you started off by calling the knife a shovel, and then you call it. I mean, like this is it's such hard. A great fucking knife. I was just gonna say, you're gonna have a hard time, you know, <laughs> passing this off as a freaking compliment, man. I mean, that is <laughs> the that best butt looking butt plug there. I've ever seen. Oh my god, this you are. And this is coming out of Brian Cole's mouth. I know what's going now, on. The whole fucking you have world infected is him like upside down today. Ben, you have infected him. It's like you're, you all this these We're naughty jokes and things to say. Love it, love it. Yeah. Uh, oh, and by man. the way, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but we are at eight thousand four hundred and forty posts. Yeah. In I didn't even WFI tell you Project. it just says like five thousand plus when you search it. It's great. Yeah, on the website though, if you pull it up on a computer, yeah. it'll give you the actual number. Hey, I saw. Um, not quite sure how you say it, but Moosey, M-U-C-I, Moosey Damascus Blades had a post that struck a chord with me. Um, he uh, he shows a picture of his workbench, and it's sort of a traditional woodworker bench, it looks like. Um, and I had to look back initially, but he had a previous post talking about how he there's often a tool trough uh, built into some of these woodworking benches. So you've got your flat bench top and then on the far side away from you where you would stand facing it, people will build a little trough for quote tools. But as he says in his first post about this, like nobody puts fucking tools in there, right? It just collects bullshit. And he's right. I have taken mine off and put it back on about four times. And every time I take it off, it's because it just gets filled with bullshit, <laughs> but it is useful. Anyway, he removed his tool trough and just filled it in with a nice, uh, I think, uh, like three-quarter inch oak board, you know, and just filled the gap, got rid of the tool trough once and for all. So I applaud And you see him. The, the, the square holes in there, like they're for yeah, dogs or whatever. Yeah, dogs, yep, yep. Yeah, so that same concept I've deployed, except they're round in my welding table yeah. the original one that i built like years ago yeah and you know i don't always put a dog in there but i do put my air tools in there and prop them up oh yeah and, you know i use those all the time to like hold too. a pair of pliers or screwdriver or something like that and it's invaluable to me i know my yeah. workbench looks pretty cluttered then but it's like i use these are the tools that i go for all the time right see like um fest tool woodworking primarily woodworking tool manufacturer out of Germany makes very high-end woodworking tools. Oh, um, shit. Sorry. And air compressors. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of air tools. <laughs> so they actually have a, uh, they call it the MFT, the multifunction table. And it's just, it's got a perfect, perfectly square grid of holes in it. And they leverage that with their track saw so you can flip a, a track down and now you've got basically a miter saw or depending on how you orient your board under it, you can cut angles and all kind of shit with the track saw. Interesting. Uh, but then you've also got all this work holding capability, right? And they have, um, they have clamps that have an elbow on them. So they've got a 90 degree bend at the end that you can fish them down in and now they'll hold under the table and allow you to clamp shit down to the table. So the dog holes to me are just, they're killer. 
they're they're you know, really worth having yeah yes yeah. i agree from plane stops to hold downs to you name it in fact i was looking speaking of this is kind of a similar in design concept but jack and i for a number of years now have schemed uh making our own pinball machine and oh. I, I recently saw it's called what is it maker makerball.org and I, I think they're kind of defunct right now but they came up with this cool design uh and it's basically a grid of small dog holes more or less uh, spread across the, I don't know, two foot by three foot long piece of plywood. And then they made some flappers to, to flap the ball. Uh, but the idea is that now you can design whatever you want on this table, right? As long as it has uh, pegs to fit down in these little dog holes, you can put all kinds of obstacles, make your own crazy pinball machine. Um, and then they came up with an app and put some uh, copper tape around some of those holes so that if you put something conductive in the hole right the app will register it and allow it to keep score depending on what you put where and all this kind of stuff that was a crazy cool idea they don't seem to have been making them for several years right now so if i have some time probably end up being in the new year but i might piss around with that idea it's kind of a really neat concept <laughs> it is a really cool concept for sure so switching gears, I, I mean, if you, if we have more to talk about, for sure, we can come back to it, but switching gears yeah. real quick. So I don't know if you guys remember, but I was a part of this knife build along competition that yeah. just finished up, which is super exciting. And what I thought was, you know, it really, really, um, felt good that we got a hundred and I think it was 126 entries on this knife build along competition, which I mean, that just blows me away that 126 people would be willing to also build along in this competition. It's, it's just really cool to me. But we do have the winners, and I can announce them here. Ooh. So yeah, this competition it. was, you know, was put on by Redbeard Ops, Wangle's Workshop, Kyle Royer, and myself, which was super cool. Go check out the YouTube videos we all did. You know, basically the whole idea of it was we have this design, and you, you the people will build this knife and we will pick not only the best overall winner, but the best novice winner, which, you know, there's, there's a couple stipulations that we had and really it just came down to the honor system. Um, basically if you felt like you were a novice and you're under a year or you're under a hundred knives total, you know, that would be kind of the barrier of entry for the novice. And we had a bunch of, um, prizes we're giving away, which, you know, was really cool, really cool. So the best, do you, which would you, which one do you want to hear first, the overall winner or the novice winner? Novice, novice. Yeah, novice. novice. This one is ridiculous. So the novice winner, his name is Nate Chifflet. It's Nate underscore in underscore Tennessee. Okay. This dude, oh my God! First of all, the the knife itself is ridiculous. It's it's a low layer Damascus on the inside and a low layer Damascus on the outside, but it's a, a copper infused sand mai. It's. Which, uh, I'm sorry, I have to correct you. It's Nate in Tallahassee. What did I not say? Tennessee. Yeah. You said Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> Oops, my bad. My bad. Yeah, you Nate underscore in Florida. In <laughs> underscore Cala Tallahassee. My bad, my bad. But what's ridiculously crazy is that this is like his seventh overall knife. 
Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Really, really high-level stuff. That's incredible. He's going to have a bunch of prizes sent his way. It's it's really, really cool. Photography-wise, too, he's kicking ass. Yeah. Great photos of that blade. Yeah, I like like how he propped it up on that tree that's got all that moss on it. It's like an old birch tree or something. Very cool. Very beautiful work for sure. Definitely worth a follow. He is he's very very talented, and I'm surprised that he's putting out that level of work at such few knives. So cool. Well, you know, something jumps out at me as well is that, and this is one of those things, uh, just to use a parallel in woodworking, people often start out with pine or fucking pallet wood or some bullshit that they find for cheap, right? They spend all their money on tools, work with shit materials. I mean, he's picking up steel from Baker Forged and Tool. You know, he's, I mean, just the the idea of starting with high quality materials t- to eventually net a high quality product often escapes folks who are just starting. And I think maybe just to encourage people, spend a little more on your materials. Well, Speaking the, of high quality tools, I mean, the guy is rocking a revolution in his workshop. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, yeah. But what's crazy to me on. is, you know, he's he's only a few knives in, but his grind lines are pristine. His, you know, finish work is high, high level stuff. It's, you know, there's so much craftsmanship in it. And it's it, it's just awesome to see someone excel so quickly. That's awesome. So the overall winner, his name is Morgan Cohen and his at is at Cohen's Crafts or Cohen's Craft. And Can this you spell it K- K-O-H. K-O-E-N-S craft. Got it. But yeah. His um I, I don't I don't know if he's posted a picture of his knife yet, but what's really cool about this knife, it, it has a like yellow vintage micarta handle and but what really won it for him, he did a mono steel knife, but he did these really cool um 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 grinds in it where basically it was Sorry, Emily is sending me a bunch of stuff about a house that we're looking at. I, I just, my entire screen just <laughs> flashed away from me. But, uh, <laughs> sorry about that, guys. So, um, yeah, it's it's got it's got these really, really clean grind lines, and he's got a lot of grooves in the blade, and it just looks so, it just is high-level stuff. It's it's very well done. And honestly, I kind of, I kind of anticipated that, the overall winner would go to someone who made like this crazy Damascus or worked with crazy handle materials. What's amazing to me is he took, you know, well, this, this my yellow micarta, I don't know if it's vintage or not, but this yellow micarta and the, the mono steel blade, like it's, it's plain materials, but what he won it with is his high level grind work. Everything's super clean. Everything's super classy. It's just incredibly well done. So yeah, go check out Cohen's Craft. Morgan I could Cohen. Not find, I cannot find uh, him uh, by, by that. It's actually on K- Instagram. K O E N S? Yes. K O E N S. C R A F T. Correct. I found it. I found it. I spelled it with a C. He has 11,000 followers on Instagram. And uh, Nate in Tallahassee only has 466. So go out and show Nate some love. Yeah, for sure. That is a sharp, sharp looking, just a really clean looking knife. You know, just really sexy. Yeah, for sure. All of work is really clean. Holy shit. Yeah. But yeah, it was really cool to be a part of this build along. I'm I'm really grateful to be a part of it. And 
sounds like in the future we'll be doing more of these, so you know, maybe we can get them going again. That'd be great. Most definitely. I dig it. All right. Well, uh, all right, so uh we're an hour in and um I've got a dad joke if you guys want to hear it. Yeah, of go for course. it, man. All right, so you guys know that I've always wanted to own a Tesla, right? Yeah. You know that they're really expensive to own? Okay. You know why? Why is that? Because they charge a lot. <laughs> also, people are very shocked that I am a terrible electrician. <laughs> I don't know if that one deserved it, but. <laughs> I, I think I up. think my max grip joke in the beginning was way right. funnier than any of these <laughs> other things. And I wrote no. that one. Can you believe yeah. that shit? So, all right. So moving into the after show, we do not. I do not think that we have a patron question. But let me just double check. I'm going over to Patreon.com forward slash work for it. Um, While you're I think looking, we do have new a new patron. Let oh, there you shout go. Shout this person out real quick. Patrons. You guys remember who our last patron was? Who was that? It was Raleigh a boy. So he's he was our last one from last week. And then this week, it looks like Noel Hancock from Shed Time Down Under has signed up again. Noel, nice. we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. Welcome we now back. have 103 patrons. That's awesome. Definitely appreciate all of your guys' support with that. I mean, you guys don't have to pay, but we really appreciate that you're going above and beyond and supporting us. So, yeah, awesome. Oh, I do have a question for the after show. Manny What's that question? At, uh, Manny G over at Parable Knives. He says, uh, question for the after show. I'm looking for advice on this topic, and I think sooner or later everyone could run into this issue. What do you do when another maker sells you a service or product but does not deliver on said Ooh. service or product? Uh, this has happened That's twice now, oh, and after man. reaching out, I've been ignored by both unrelated community makers. One is no big deal, but the other one, he is out $500. Holy fuzz nuggets. And he says he's not the kind of person to put someone on blast, but this is crazy to me. Yeah. And I will answer this in the after show. Yeah. If you're a Patreon, patron on Patreon, you will get to hear my answer, and it might shock you what I say. Ooh, so, shocking. It might shock you. So, all right, listen. Everybody out there who supports the Work For It podcast, and when I use the term support, first and foremost, listening to the podcast, A number one. You're you're subscribed to that feed. You're listening to us, and you're also, number two, talking about the podcast, sharing it on social media. I see a lot of you guys sharing it on your stories, and I always repost it. If you tag us, I repost it. So if you're listening to the podcast and you find something funny or entertaining or valuable or whatever it is, you know, share it on your story and let the world know to listen to the Work For It podcast because we're growing every day. And then thirdly, you guys all on Patreon who are donating money every month to listen to us crazy fools talk about this stuff. We truly appreciate you. <laughs> and every single time, I will guarantee you, we will fuck up the ending. 
know there will be titties. I'm so I will sorry. Fuck this up. <laughs> Brian's thought- like going up and down with the volume. He's doing all kinds of shit. Fucking me all up. Here, let's start this again. No, no. Get the hell out of here. No. We're done with this. Oh, We're sorry, done guys. with this. All right. On to the after show. See you there. See you guys. Later.